God which would be poured out and that they which believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given but Jesus because Jesus was not yet glorified. Amen. You can be seated here today. Amen. But I believe that God has a word for us in this place. So I want to ask that you would just engage his presence here right now. It was nearly a century after its completion, or now it is nearly a century after its completion, that the Hoover Dam still stands as a modern-day engineering marvel. I would love to visit that. I have not had an opportunity. Has anybody in here had an opportunity to go and visit the Hoover Dam? Anybody? We've had a few back here, Sister Cliven. Amen, Sister Harker. And that this great big, um, this great big uh, cement structure that was placed there in the, during the Great Depression that it was constructed in the Black Canyon of the Colorado River on the border of Arizona and Nevada. This giant structure it was, it serves as a hydroelectric power station. But that really was not the main purpose. That was not the primary reason for its construction. It is certainly a generator of power and is able to power many homes and cities because of the force of that water that is going through that dam. But that is uh, really not the main uh, emphasis of why they built that there in the first place. It was around 1900 that the authorities were searching for... The viability of a structure along that river basin to help them to control the flooding that occurred on a nearly annual basis there in that region of the Colorado River Basin. They were trying to control the flooding and by doing so it would allow the farmers to control the irrigation of their crops. It could hopefully create a reservoir where they could then build canals that would bring some of that water in a, in a more controlled manner to some desperately, uh, desperately uh, underserved cities that were starting to grow up in that place. And it could bring this water to them and it would allow them to have a, fre- a, a supply of fresh water. Building this dam was certainly not a simple task. Not just the physical building of it, but even politically. Politically, it was an uphill battle because there were seven states along the Colorado River that were all fighting for control of the water. Whether upstream or downstream from this proposed dam, there were fights in the legislators. There were fights among them for Who had the right to control the river? And it was at that critical juncture that the then Secretary of Commerce and the future President of the United States, Herbert Hoover, would step in and he would negotiate the Colorado River Compact, or some would call it, or as it would become known, the rules of the river. The rules of the river. These rules are what made it possible for the construction of that dam to commence. Those rules of the Colorado River Compact stood for 100 years. In fact, this is the 100th year, or um, we are now in the 101st year of this 
uh, of these rules being in place. But this past spring, the Department of the Interior of the United States announced a deal between those same seven western states regarding their use of the Colorado River. You should probably understand that the Colorado River, it is 1,450 miles long. It flows from the Rocky Mountains down to the Gulf of Mexico. There are 40 million people who rely on the waters of the Colorado River. It serves as a major source of irrigation for the agriculture. It supplies water for 5 million acres of farmlands. And so for 100 years, the states that relied on the Colorado River have lived by the rules of the river. What these rules did was they were the series of contracts, these agreements between the states on when there's a drought that, that comes. Who gets the water first? Who has the water, the most water released to them? California uh, throughout these years has by far been the number one source of when there's a drought, they get the water first. It go, gets to go to their canals and they get the rules of the river state that they get the water sent to them. But this spring, these states agreed that an amendment needed to be made to the rules of the river. It was a necessary amendment because they said the man-made reservoirs that were used to hold the water were at record lows. So everyone is having their access to this river cut off. Everyone involved was arguing, I need the water from the river. So they came to an agreement and it took a considerable amount of time. It took a lot of compromises, but finally they reached a deal to establish a new version of the rules of the river. And to save the river, they said, they needed Everybody needed to limit their use. Everybody needed to curb their use of the water that was coming from the river. Now, as I began to see this, and I remember seeing all this in the news, and it just began to pop back up into my mind of, of this, this river that was being managed and the rules that were in place to make sure that the water from the, that river was staying there, that it was not going to dry up. It just brought to mind those words that we read from Jesus in John chapter 7, when Jesus said that if any man thirst, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, he didn't say he that jumps through this hoop and that hoop. No, he said anybody who believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now that living water is speaking of water that comes from a source that is unending. A source that is from deep within the earth that it just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. The living waters continue to flow. You see, this river that Jesus is talking about is the source of our strength. It is this water that he is speaking of is the spirit of God. 
He said that spirit is going to be poured out in everybody who believes on me. Anybody who thirsts can have access to the spirit. See, for me, when I've, when I've moved, I've never wondered how close I am to a river. Now, granted, the only times that I have ever moved have been from one side of Kinderville to the other. I have not lived in a lot of different places in my life. But it's not like I had a lot of river bases to choose from when I'm going from the east side of Kinderville to the west side of Kinderville. But there is something to be said about our proximity to things that we like whenever we are choosing a place to live. The truth is, that we are very concerned with our proximity to things that matter to us. The things that we see value in. When I'm choosing a hotel, I want to be close. In fact, just this week I was choosing a hotel for our general conference that is coming up. And I decided I would like to be close to the things so that I don't have to get in my car all the time. In fact, we had North American Youth Congress just two weeks ago. And I was... Thankful to have a a hotel that was close that I could just walk there in that blazing heat. And it's nice to be able to have close proximity, close proximity to the things that matter to us. And for me, being close to a river, it's, I don't have a boat and I enjoy fishing, but I really don't get out fishing very often. And, uh, so being close to a river really isn't of that much concern to me, but that doesn't mean Now, that's always been the case for civilization, because for most of the history of the world, being close to water, and particularly inland, close to a river, meant a great deal. That being close to the river meant that you were able to have transportation nearby. It meant that you were able to have the source of clean water nearby. That life, it was almost always Better near a river. Transportation's easier. Agriculture is better. And, uh, almost, almost everything in your life was going to be better if you were close to the river. You can even, this isn't just looking back to the Bible times, even as the United States was being built up, you can see, if you look at a map of the United States, you'll notice that the major cities in the United States are situated close to rivers or the ocean ports. And it's, it's for a reason. It's because being close to the river mattered. Proximity mattered. You can go all the way back to Genesis, though. And even there, in the very beginning, the very first location that's given to us in Scripture, that Garden of Eden, it tells us in Genesis chapter 15 that in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Or, I'm sorry, uh, in, in Eden, he, he said that out of Eden, he says there was a river that flowed from that uh, from that uh, garden. It was flowing eastward. And, and when you continue on, you look at the promised land. And we look at the promised land today, and, and it's that land that's flowing with milk and honey. But the first time that is defined was to uh, Abram in Exodus, uh, Genesis chapter 15, where it says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river, that river Euphrates. He was defining the boundaries of, what, of, of the land by the rivers that were on each border. 
So it's no wonder that when Jesus is reaching for something to describe the Spirit, something that is familiar, something that is going to give the listener a better understanding of what he is trying to say, he reaches for this explanation of a river. And he says that it just like a river that is continuing to flow, just like the river that is the source of so much that is giving so, uh, giving you life. He says, he who believes in me is going to be like that one who has his belly overflowing with the spirit and the rivers of living water are flowing out of it. He said, it's something that is going to continue. It is life giving. It is something that is going to give you life. He was saying, my spirit is like a river. It's a river of living water. And suddenly, what may be hard for you and I to fully appreciate in our day and time, because very clear to those who are listening, the value of a river does not necessarily mean quite as much now today as it did back then. But at that time, the river certainly, certainly made a deal, a great deal of difference. And Jesus is saying that they were, uh, that, that they uh, needed to have close access to the river. In fact, that river would be flowing from deep within themselves. That from the belly shall flow the rivers of living water. Now I can't detach myself from my belly. That's something that is right here. I, 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 don't, I don't ever want to detach myself from the source of life. I want it to be flowing from the belly. I want it to be flowing from the place where I have relationship with God. I want that source of the river to be something that is about me having relationship with God. It's not about me going to church and having the church house be the river that I get my life sustaining force from. It's not about coming to a service that I get to dip my toes in the river and get to experience a little bit of God. It's not about going to my prayer closet and going there and just getting a little bit of access. No, it's everywhere that I go. Everything that I do, I'm walking in the Spirit. I'm living by the Spirit. I am experiencing the Spirit, the overflow of the Spirit in everything that I do. So I just want to remind somebody today that God's Spirit is a river of living water. And if your life is going to have abundance, it's going to have to be near the river. There's people in this room right now that know what it's like to live far away from a river. I'm not talking a spiritual, or I'm not talking a physical river, but rather a spiritual river. That you know what barrenness and fruitlessness is like. That just like that tree that would have, that wouldn't have access to the water. That your life, when you do not tap into the river, when you detach yourself from the things of God, you become barren, become fruitless. But something happens when you plant yourself right next to the river. When you plant yourself in direct proximity to the river. When you are right there with the river and see life is better near the river. 
the rule of the river for me is that the, that life is better near the river. Life is better near the river. You can live away from the river if you want to. In, 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 in life, you can live away from the river. That's, that's your choice. But spiritually, I would not advise you to live very far away from the river from which life flows. Let's get attached to the river. Let's plant ourselves by the river. See, the Bible testifies of this life-giving power of the river multiple times. We see it all, we see this, this river playing a part throughout all of scripture. It's in Ezekiel that we see that he had a vision that there was a river for him. It was flowing out of the house of God from the very altar that was in the house of God. There was a river that was flowing out and it touched uh, and everything that it touched that was dead and barren began to spring forth into life. That as that river began to flow out, it would touch things that were dead and they would come to life. See, God, he was putting Ezekiel in this, this valley of dry bones. And the Bible says, lo, they were very dry. That emphasis really should not be d- dismissed. That, that it was very dry. It was as hopeless as it can get. And God said to Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? Ezekiel, not knowing the exact answer to this, says, God, you know. He says, just preach to the bones. Speak to them. Speak to the bones. And as he began to speak to the bones, there was life that came into them. They got just a little bit of religion. And yet, here it is. It's possible that we would have our lives put together. And we could have things that would be put together. And yet, if we don't have the Spirit in us, we could be just dead bones walking. But what I want in my life is not just to be lifeless bones, but I want that as it continued to happen with Ezekiel, that it wasn't just bones that came together, but it was the sinews that came and they began to form around the bones and the flesh came back upon them and they had the spirit of life that was breathed back into them. And I don't want to just be a bone structure of a church that's walking around. I don't want to just be the bones, the dry bones walking around, but I want the spirit of God in me. I don't want to just be a lifeless structure walking around around but I want the new life in him where he is directing my paths and giving me strength amen those bones they came together the skin began to cover them gave them new life it mattered very little that the things that were in their proper place and they were back together until that spirit of life began to move into them see not everyone Not everyone wants to be transformed. Plenty of people want to see their lives improved. But God's completed work is to see transformation happen in you. God wants transformation to happen in his people. We could have programs in the church that that rearrange you or better your life or make you see progress in your life. They can put things in the right place. They can help you... uh, it can help you to, to begin to, to get on a good path. But, but the reality is God doesn't want just a little bit of improvement here and a little bit of improvement there. God is looking to transform your life through the Spirit of God. 
And the only way that that can happen is by having direct access to the river, having direct access to the Spirit of God. And I want to just advise you today to come as close to the river as you can get, to allow the Spirit of God to begin to come into your life and to begin to transform areas of your life that you never even, you never even realized that they needed transformation. You never even realized that in this area of your life that you had things backwards or things wrong. But then God begins to speak to you and he says, hey, we need, we need to begin to speak some faith into this area right here where you're dealing with fear. We need to begin to speak some faith into this thing over here where you've been dealing with anxiety. And God, he begins speaking faith and you have transformation that begins to happen in you. And you begin to see the river that is seeing benefits in your life because you have access to the Spirit. There's something really interesting about rivers that, that I've, I've noticed. And that's that rivers, they really find the path of least resistance. As a river begins to flow, in fact, if our, if our music team could begin to make their way up, I'm going to be drawn to a close here soon. But as a, as a river begins to wind its way through the, through the countryside, as it winds its way down the Colorado, or down the Colorado Rockies, and, and it goes and it, it begins to come down the mountainside, it, it, it's finding the path of least resistance. With enough force, it can break break through some some mulch that's there and it can break through the rocks that have been piled up and it can begin to break through and even carve its way through the the, the hardest rocks that are there the sandstone begins to carve its way through that and then carves its way through other things and and it does that with enough force but uh but if you put something there that can resist the water the water is going to go around it and it's going to begin a new path And as it begins to do this, a river, if you allow enough buildup to take place, if you allow enough resistance to come up against it, that river will begin to reroute itself. This is, this can happen over a period of time or this can even happen very quickly at t- in, in, in some circumstances. That just a little blockage in the river, that river begins to reroute. And there's, if you look here at the United States, there's some cities around, around our country that when they were founded, they were founded on the river. But there's no river around them anymore. There's the city of Cahokia, Illinois, or Natchez, uh, Mississippi, St. Joseph, Missouri, or Cairo, Illinois. All of these cities have experienced this phenomenon. That's just here in the United States. There, there's, there's tragic stories of cities that were built up and because of their proximity to the river, they were thriving. But over time, that river began to change its course. It began to cut them off from access to the river. There's one particular city, Vicksburg, Mississippi, that it lost the Mississippi River in one single day. One single day, it had the Mississippi River that was flowing right by it, and then there was a blockage that took place in that river, mighty Mississippi, rerouted itself, and never again went down the route 
through the city of Vicksburg. See, the most common reason that rivers start flowing in some other direction is this. That over time, sediment, debris begins to build up. It begins... To get, it begins under the surface, but suddenly it's easier uh, it, as, as, or as, as that sediment begins to build up. It, it gets to a place where that river begins to reroute and go a different direction. You have these ghost towns. These towns that were dependent upon the river. Industries that were built up based on the river. You have cities like Riverside, California that are not beside the river any, anymore. They are only in name close to a river. See, for me, I don't ever want to be a spirit-filled church in name only. I read a quote, forgetting who, who was who said this, but they They said that a spirit-filled Christian, that is just as if you were saying that it was a Scandinavian Swede. It's the same thing. A spirit-filled Christian is a Christian. The only way to be a Christian is to be spirit-filled. The only way that you could truly be a Christian is to be filled with the Spirit. But I don't want to be Christian in name only, but not have His Spirit leading me and guiding me every day. I don't want to have the access of the river cut off from my life because of the sediment and the things that I allow to just, little by little, build up in my life. Little by little, the things come into the river and they get in the way my relationship with God. And it began to stop the flow of the Spirit. The things that I allowed, sometimes it's us dumping things into the river. Dumping things over and over and over. But they begin to build up. And what we are doing, it's not because God is, 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 is wanting to, to cut things off. But we cut things off by dropping things in the river over and over and over. And we can, if we are not careful cut off the access to this river cut off the flow of the river from our life if we are not careful we can allow the busyness of our schedules the busyness of our day things that that we allow to be impediments and they can cut off the access to the river see Jesus said if any man thirsts let him come unto me and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water let them come to me and just drink. Sometimes we begin to drink from other cisterns and other wells and other things, other sources of water. We begin to allow other things to entertain us that we forget that the real thing that's going to quench our thirst is coming from the river. The rules of the river is that it's going to flow near us and it's going to continue to flow. There's nothing that can stop the flow of the river. His river's not drying up. His river's not like the, not like the Colorado where the, the drought is causing it to dry up. The river, his river is going to continue to flow. But you do have a choice of whether or not you want to be in pro- close proximity to the river or not. You have the choice of dumping things in the river and rerouting it to where you are no longer close like you used to be. And so here today, the spiritual rules of the river are this. Stay close 
to the river. Stay close to the river. Don't let the river just go off that way as you begin to take a trek off this way. Don't 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 lose access to the river. Don't allow yourself to get detached from the river, but get to the river and take a drink. For the river's the only thing that's going to satisfy. The river's the only thing that is truly going to satisfy that thing inside of you that is longing for something more. That river is the only thing that is going to allow your thirst to be quenched. The river is the only thing that is going to give you true life. Why don't we stand all around this place? If you desire to draw close to him right now, just lift up your hand and he is near. He said, if you desire a drink, just ask. If you have never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have an opportunity right now that you could be filled with this very day with the Holy Ghost and fire. That you can have his spirit coming and dwelling inside of you. This is the natural progression of what God wants to do in his church and in his people. He wants for your bellies to be flowing over with the, with the spirit, to be overflowing with the, with the things of God. But it's up to you to respond to him right now and just lift up a hand and as we sing this song I just want to invite you just to say God I want everything that I can from you